Yeah, what about what it about so Nam- random. Namibia? Yeah. Exactly. What about the Tareg? Are they going to launch a rocket? I think the Tareg, yeah, exactly. The Hadza. You're listening to the Dude Nature Podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Dude Nature Podcast. We are in the reactor. Adam's carnivorous plants are dying. What else don't What else don't you know? What What else is new? What else don't you know? Welcome back, Adam. Great. What's up, guys? We have our reviews. Two new five star reviews, but no new messages. So sad emoji to that. But happy emoji. Thank you for the reviews. For the reviews are awesome, guys. If you've listened to more than one episode and you like the podcast, please rate and review on iTunes. It really helps us get awesome guests to come on, and it helps us get up in the morning in the cold, dark rainy portland weather to create these beautiful episodes which we love doing okay no what's your gripe today my gripe i think i've had this before but it happened to me today again during the corona is not knowing what to do with the elevator situation uh-huh so i live on the fifth floor of my apartment when i when i get to, when i get to the elevators i just it's such an awkward situation right like like do it can i come in can i not come in are you really rona scared or are you not you know, let me just tell you, I've just been avoiding the elevators. And the the one day today, this morning, when I didn't want to avoid them, I went to the elevator and the door opened and there's a dude in there and I went to walk in because I was spacing out and he like kind of like, free, he kind of freaked out. So now I'm now back to being freaked supposed out. To let, you're supposed to let the person go. It's only one household per elevator shaft. Yeah, I never one know. I never know. Shaft. I, I never know. And so now I'm just, now I'm back to the stairs. I don't, I'm just not going to deal with it. Because you don't want to futz with the whole, it's just the whole such social an, thing. It's such an awkward situation. It sucks. And I'm just going to avoid it, even though I have to walk up five flights of stairs. Yeah. That's me. You're right. Uh, my gripe is I have actually a pleasantry. We got a new vacuum. We invested in, a, in an over $100 vacuum, a non-millennial vacuum. I see that. A boomer vacuum. Yeah, a boomer vacuum. It's a, it's a $150 vacuum, and it fucking picks up dog hair like a motherfucker. The thing is great. Does it really? Shark. It's so good. So we were Fuck using yeah. a, a millennial vacuum, which was called the Red Devil. It was like shit. a $10 vacuum for, for years. We actually invested in a vacuum, and it is picking up that dog hair like it wants to eat it for dinner. Okay, it's fantastic. That's fucking tight. Highly recommend it. Hey. Miss my hay. All right, Noah. Yeah. Let us play a game. Let's do it. What is a goal right now you have for the next year? What's a goal that you have? Usually we do weekly goals. Mm-hmm. But, a, but a goal I have for the next year mm-hmm. would be t- for Ashley to get a couple more real estate properties and quit this job that she has. That's our big goal. What have you done and, and quit her job? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What have you done to achieve this goal? Uh, we, work on it every, we work on it every day. Okay. We work on the real estate every day. Right. Well, you do weekly goals, right? Yeah, we usually do weekly goals. So you want me to get a little more specific probably, sure, right? Sure, yeah, that'd be great. Okay, so today we talked to her real estate agent and we're trying to make sure that we we line up because once we sell the property, we have 90 days to buy more properties with it with tax-free. So we need to make sure that everything's lined up. So we work on that every day. To hit that window? To hit that window, yeah. Noah. Yes. What is our topic today? Our topic is the science of goal setting because yeah. it's the New Year's, baby. Start that New Year's on the right foot. 
par usual, Adam. Mm-hmm. We have a packed episode. It's absolutely jam-packed. Absolutely jam-packed. We're going to start with learning versus performance goals. Then we're going to go to framing. Then we're going to have halftime honey. Then personality type and goals. Then effort goals versus outcome. And then open kimono. Adam. Yes. And begins that don't suck. You have 60 seconds to tell us everything we need to know about goal setting to enjoy the episode. You yeah. ready? I'm ready to go. Three, two, one. Goals. Make goals. them specific. Make them reasonable, but make them big. Don't make them too specific because you will be disappointed, Noah. Mm-hmm. Have an open goal list and don't worry if you hit any of them. There's so much noise and contradictions, I would say, surrounding the creation of goals and goal setting that it's hard to find the right answer to crafting our perfect New Year's resolutions. Luckily, there's about 50 years of science on the study of goal setting, specifically these two guys, the godfathers of goal setting. Dr. Edwin Locke and Dr. Gary Latham. They published their seminal work titled A Theory of Goal Setting and Task Performance in 1990 that basically every middle manager now tries to implement. (laughs) Okay, It consists of five basic steps you probably heard before. Clarity, challenge, commitment, feedback, and task complexity. So in the 31 years since 1990, the pair have conducted lots and lots of research to explore the depths and nuance of goal setting. It turns out there's a lot more to it than just those five, and we will explore. So, Noah? Yes. What is our theme? Our theme is approach. Okay, because you can save a lot of time and effort if you if you make the right approach. I think I learned a lot from, from researching these goals, too. So let's make sure that you have the right approach with your goals. Let's take the right approach. Let's take the podcast. right approach. Adam, yeah, we're gonna start off with learning goals versus Speaking performance of goals. Approach. Speaking okay. of approach, let's do it. So, here's a good example of a learning goal versus an outcome goal. And in this section, we're gonna talk a about learning goal versus outcome. Right. We're gonna talk about what outcome goals are, what learning goals are, and some of the studies that have gone into defining when it's best to use each one. Question from yeah. you. I'm just saying. I think in this in this episode, what we're hoping to do is just to help you. Make some good, make some goals that are that are going to be better, right? They're going to help you. We more. want you to stick with your New Year's resolution. Stick with your resolution and how you can make those better, right? Because what is the science behind doing it? Well, it turns out there's a lot. Yeah, I've there's been a ma- lot you can do. I've been making a huge mistake. I've been making many mistakes. One of them. Okay, cool. Yeah. Sorry for interrupting your session. I'm just blowing it back. No, we're good. Okay. Okay. So first part. Right now, I have a goal attached to my mirror in my bathroom to run a marathon, and that for me, someone who hates running, how do you feel about running? I fucking hate running. Why do you hate running? I hate running because it's painful. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I understand as far as David Goggins, it's important to do the pain. Right. It's important to do the pain. Absolutely. Okay, so we had to push through the running. So I forced myself to run, and I usually only get in between the three to four mile range. Okay. Going farther to do a marathon seems almost impossible at this point. So it would make sense for an amateur triathlete, because they run marathons all the time, to put that kind of goal on your mirror. Saying that you will run a marathon this year. Right. And again, you're talking about learning goals versus outcome. Right. And this that's an outcome goal. That Yeah. We're, get, we're getting there. Okay. We're getting there. Don't jump it. Don't <laughs> goal, step on my outcome. My goal is not to do Don't that. you dare step on my outcome. But for me, every time I go for a run, okay, I'm going to fail that, that goal over and over again because I'm not going to run 26.2 miles. Is that how much it is? 26.2 yeah. miles. Something. Okay. So similarly, if I put up a goal on the mirror... To run a five-minute mile, I'm going to fail at that over and over again. 
because I'm not a professional athlete. Yes. And, and apparently five minutes isn't even good enough to call to qualify collegiately. You have to have a four minute and 14 second mile in which is absurd with how many miles? I think just, just the mile. If you're competing in the mile, four minutes and 14 seconds. Yeah. God, these people can run. Right. So those are examples. Those us. are examples of it is. Those are examples of performance goals or outcome goals. For the sake of this of my section, we're gonna call them outcome goals, okay? Okay. Okay. So an outcome goal. They are based on performance. For example, I'll run 50 miles this week. I get a 90% on my next paper. I will quit smoking forever, or I will score 20 goals this season. Results. Results. I'll get the job. I'll get an A. I'm going to get the I'll job. I'll get the get certificate. A, get the certificate. Okay, results. We get it. Right. I am going to, you know, buy you a new sweater, right? I'm going to buy my dog a sweater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Results oriented. So that's one side. The other side, the other type of goal is called a learning goal. Here's some examples of learning goals. I will learn two new exercises to strengthen my legs for running. I'll learn two new exercises to strengthen my legs. I will learn how to increase my steps per minute for running. Or I will learn how to lengthen my stride. Those are all learning goals. Because you and, and the difference is because it's very hard to measure them. Because for right? the for the learning goals, no, you can measure them. It's okay. fine to measure them. But when you're learning a new skill, you want to stick to these learning goals. And I'm going to tell you why and the studies that back this up. This is something that I get wrong. I've been getting wrong my whole life, basically. So when I have that goal that's on the, the, the mirror to run a marathon, that for me is a performance goal that is not realistic, that I'm not going to hit right now. Because I don't know how to run properly. I don't know how to do warmups. I don't know how to do a post-workout stretch routine, right? Which we need to learn. I don't know what the amount of steps per minute are good. I don't know what how big my stride should be or if my running form is even any good. Okay. So so if you set yourself learning goals, your performance is enhanced more than if you set yourself performance goals. Does that make sense? Yes, because in, instead of looking at hitting that 26.2 miles or hitting a certain... So you're not looking at hitting a certain miles per day or anything. The learning goal is just to get better at the activity. If you're learning something, like say, remember, here's what I was thinking about the whole time when I was writing this, right? Yeah. Remember when we we were making the app, the Tali? Okay, yeah. For those who don't know, we made an app. Oh, we were making the Tali. This was a host books, right? Yeah. We were making an app for Airbnb hosts to calculate their finances monthly, basically. Okay. It was as fun. It was as fun to make as it as it is as, as <laughs> yeah, it sounds. Exactly, it's as fun to and, make as it sounds. And for this app, we needed Noah to help me code and to be able to program. Yeah. So unfortunately, what we had to do was Noah was thrown into the fire, and we had to give you performance goals right away. Even though you did great example, it was a great even example. though you didn't know how to code, we had to say, hey Noah, you need to work on this feature. We need to have this done. Because we're trying to get the app out in three months. Right. You know? and, okay, Realistically, it, okay, took, this like, is cool. it took like nine months and then we're not working on it anymore. But right, right. You know, honestly, who's counting? Who's counting? Um, so what happened was because you didn't get the time to learn and to really explore like what algorithms are, like what sorting is or what's the best language, you know, or, or how to organize the code. Or even how code works. You ended up getting the features done in some way, but we couldn't change the code because it was a mess. 
Right. And it wasn't your fault. It's because you didn't get the time to learn how to do it. I got it. Because Okay. So while, okay, I totally get this. So while you can, while you can achieve a performance goal, it might hurt you in the long run. Another example. Yep. Sorry. Yeah. Can I, can I, can I, can I see if I understand? Okay. Yeah. Listen to Avatar. You know, honestly, this is going to be a long episode because I have, so, I have tons okay, to say about so, so, this. Okay. So, so, okay. Yeah. Ba- so, so basically let's take the marathon. It, let's say that you just rush up to doing 26, 26.2 miles. Okay. But your form is incorrect, which my running form is. Your yeah. form is incorrect. You don't really know anything. Right. Then what you're saying is you haven't really learned how to run properly. You haven't learned and how so to run you're, properly. You're going to fuck yourself up at some point. So you're going to guess what happened when we tried to do it last time. Remember, we, we both got injured. got injured at the same time because you're, we're not learning how to run properly. Right. So you've never done so that if before. You don't, so if you're ju- okay, I see what you're saying. So if you're just results based, yeah, then what's going to happen is you're eventually going to fuck yourself up because you're not learning the proper way. You can't go even farther. You're going to fuck yourself up in the long term is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Can you now apply this to like a job interview or something? Right. So I have, I have another example of this and it's, we're going to get to the studies, but it's not only that it will mess you up in the long term. It's that it can also mess you up in the short term and you can be hurting your performance by having these outcome-based goals. We're going to get into that. But first I want to give you one more example. Okay. Okay. He nods. Yes. So American soccer versus European soccer. Oh, this is a great example. In the youth soccer for the U S we know this great because example. our great friend Scamp, once again, a scamp drop on the podcast. She is a soccer coach, a youth soccer coach. And the parents of her youth team in the U.S. are obsessed with winning games. They want to see games won. Meanwhile, right. her girls are like 10 years old. And they should be focusing on the skills that might get them a scholarship, a college scholarship eventually. Right. They should just be focused on getting better instead of winning. In Europe, when they start playing, they don't care about winning when they're in, in the youth leagues. They want to develop the players. Okay. They care about the players developing and gaining skills. So a results mindset is over here in the U S where it's like, how many games have you won as a 10 year old? Whereas in Europe, a learning goal mindset is, can you take a first touch in the box to set yourself up for a shot? And who eventually produces the better players? Right. It's not even close. It's not even close, right? Europe so that's a good example of why learning goals can really help when you're learning a new skill and to not be results oriented. That's a great example. Can I can I give one thing that's happening on her team? Sure. That may help, that may help people. So Scamp wants it for, for the girls to, she coaches the girls team, for each of them to play a different position. She wants to rotate the positions. It's a great The idea. reason why this is so good is because when you're that age, you're going to develop new skills at different positions and you actually don't really know what position you like. Right. And it doesn't even matter because you're going to develop new skills at each different position. It's going to make you a way better player like five years down the road. The parents get mad at her because they want the best girl at the best spot to play that position so that they win games. And it doesn't fucking matter if you win games when you're 10 years old. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into the science and the studies behind this kind of thinking. We're going to first start with a study of business students in 1989. Okay. A study that featured one of the godfathers... Dr. Latham found that business students who were assigned a specific difficult outcome on stock market prediction for which they had no previous knowledge, they fared worse. They did worse on the test than individuals who were urged to just do their best. Say that again. Okay. Business students. Yeah. They were assigned a specific, a difficult outcome goal Mm -hmm. on the stock market prediction. Or like performance-based, like your stock needs to be valued yeah, yeah. at this amount in this amount of time. 
they did worse than individuals, people who were just told to do their best and were not given a performance goal. Really? So that's not what you would think, right? At all. It's counterintuitive. Okay. The do your best group. Then I've been doing everything wrong. Me too. <laughs> Me too. I've been doing everything wrong. The do your best group. They took feedback systematically and they modified their strategies while the business students with the stock market prediction, they switched from one strategy to another, just trying to see what hit the wall, what stuck and to see what worked. Okay. This study and this thought that if you have a performance goal on something that you're learning on a skill that you are learning to acquire, you will do worse than someone who's just said to do your best with no stress has been replicated hundreds of times. Okay. Because can I understand? So when, when you're, when you're said to just do your best, it gives you more freedom to experiment. Right. And then you learn more. Is that it? Less stress, more freedom to experiment and take feedback. Okay. But when do you switch over from knowing the thing? Exactly. Okay. It's, it's very, it's so if you are a experienced person like you, yeah, because I was going to say with, with real estate for me, I just, they're not going to be learning goals, right? If you're experienced like you are with real estate, you would set performance goals because you're not learning how much you really learning about short-term rentals at this point. I'm not learning. It's not a learning phase. Okay. So then you would set performance goals, right? Okay. When do you know, when do you know to switch? When you're, when you're a senior at it, when you know it pretty well. Okay. When you're good at it. Okay. So like I said, this has been replicated hundreds of times. We don't need to get into it too much. Um, one particular study was done in 1990 with Air Force trainees. They lacked the knowledge to perform effectively in air traffic control simulations. So once again, they set goals for the trainees, a performance-based goal in order to, in like how many planes can you coordinate at one, yeah. can you coordinate six planes at one time? And they did worse than the trainees that were asked to just do your best on the assignment. Okay. That's one example of the hundreds of studies that have replicated this. I think, and I think it's because the people that are given a performance goal, they freak out and they just stick to one thing. Whereas the people that are told to do their best are kind of, are going to experiment and, and be, you know, chill about it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Okay. That that's so when you're learning something to do it, that that's interesting. Okay. I never thought about that. Right. Right. Okay. So I want to bring this back to my studies a little bit. I'm learning Spanish right now. Okay. And something that I've been doing wrong. And on my mirror right now, my accountability mirror, I have B test and fluency in Spanish. And in the international fluency tests, there is the, the, what's becoming more of an international standard. I forget what it's called, but it's A1, A2, B1, B2, C1, C2 fluency. And you start off in the A's, you go to the C's. So there's basically six levels. Okay. And I want to test into C2. Yeah, C1, which is fluency. That'd be really cool. So that's on my there. But that's that's a performance goal. For sure. Here's the problem. Goal. Here's the problem. I get it. Yeah, go. Problem is that I can't be fluent in Spanish because I'm I'm learning it. The, this is the problem. I'm learning the language. So, but when do you try and get that? So, Because uh, I would put the C2 up there. No, a better goal for me would be a learning goal, which would be learn the top, memorize the top 20 irregular verbs. Because to me, that would be very helpful. And if I have enough learning goals, eventually I will get to the performance-based. Like, you know, if Barcelona has 10 players that have been in the youth system that are super good at touching the ball because their goals have been first touch, passing, ball control, right? Messi, Iniesta, Xavi. Eventually you, get to, you get to like the, yeah. 
Eventually, you get to the peak Barcelona teams that then perform at an expert level. Like nothing the world has ever seen before. Right. Right? Okay. So. So. Yes. So. so it's just really interesting because I, 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 all my goals are outcome based. I know. So, so are mine, but that's the problem. So it's, and, problem. It's, and because, because I've been rushing to things, I basically have been not learning the correct way. And then I eventually hit a wall, right? Exactly. You eventually hit that wall. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you can, that's the problem with sometimes at a job, you have to just perform on something that you don't know. Well, they'll throw you in somewhere, but. Sometimes you don't really know how to do that thing correctly. You don't get the time to learn how to do it. What but you, like me coding, that was a good, that's a good example. Right. Where you never got the time to learn how to do it the right way. And it actually fucked you up. Right. Right. Because I never really learned how to correctly do it. I just learned how to just get, just make a poop sandwich and yep. just give it to someone. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Okay. So just one last study on this. Um, 94 undergrad business students in 2005 participated in a study to see if combining the learning goal with a proximal and distal, which I'm going to define in a second, goals could enhance performance. What's proximal and distal? Well, proximal is a goal in the short term. Distal is a goal in the long term. Okay. So once again, the task was strangely to schedule classes in a class scheduling app with different criteria. For example... Any course with a quiz section, just have the quiz section scheduled on the same day as the class. No, or no two marketing courses can be scheduled within one hour of each other. So you're trying to flip around these classes to make this like criteria. Different constraints. And yeah, different constraints. Exactly. And so some of the performance goals are, can you schedule 10 classes? Can you, sorry, can you schedule 10 different students' schedules? How many students' schedules can you schedule? Okay. I'm saying schedule a lot. Uh, it's very weird, but that's what they chose to do. Okay. For some reason. Okay. So, in this study, the difficult learning goal, it outperforms the difficult outcome goal of the trial. So, if they were given a learning goal, such as in this study, figure out four different shortcuts that would make it easier to schedule classes their performance was actually much better than if they had a performance goal. Which is schedule X amount of classes. So the person who had scheduled 10 students' classes and the person who had find four shortcuts, the person who had find four shortcuts did better performance-wise on average. Okay, that's crazy. Okay, so this shows that when you're new to task, the learning goals are much right. just much more. It's much better. Okay. Okay, I have a question for you. Yes, go ahead. Um, so as you know, on the podcast, I'm looking into being a firefighter. Yes. So that. like, that's something I don't know anything about. And so when I put up my goals there, all my goals are outcome based. Like they're like, yep. schedule a ride along. It's like schedule the EMT certification and blah, blah, blah. But that's not. Schedule, so what would schedule, you say? So what, but that's what I'm saying is like, now what would you say to me about those goals? Schedule a ride along is not performance based. That's learning based. You are trying to learn what it's like and to see if you want to do it in the first place. That's learning. Right, but scheduling it, like getting it scheduled and everything, that's an outcome. I mean, if you want to get really semant now meta, semant now semantically like meta, about now, it. Now yeah. I'm just being an idiot. Yeah. Okay, I get it. So, But yeah, that's a learning goal for me. Because you're learning to see if it's something you want to do. Right. Which is exactly what you should be doing right now. Because you're learning a new skill of firefighting. Not only are you learning a new skill, you're learning about what it would take 
professionally to be one. Yeah. Okay. So basically, so that's a learning goal, but, but a goal like score a certain amount on an EMT test, that would be a, a outcome goal. That's an outcome goal. Okay. Yeah. I, okay. But if instead of doing that goal, you could be like, learn about, um, lung lung disease or learn about optimal heart rate by age and that would be a learning goal that would help you in performance eventually right to get the outcome on that test yeah exactly okay so okay so one quick word about confidence in the study's words overall the practical implication of these findings is that practitioners should focus on ways to increase participants self-efficacy which means confidence that's what means is the belief in your own abilities basically Yes. On task, the participants perceive our complex as this increases goal commitment and subsequent performance. So, as we know, small wins are really important for the bigger wins in life to get momentum. Mm-hmm. Those small wins, if you set small goals, it builds your confidence up. Like on this test that we were just talking about with the 100 grad students, the ones who got wins early, because a performance goal, if it's 10 schedules, you're not going to get the win until the very end. But maybe if you set a small learning goal, you learn two different shortcuts right away. You have more self-efficacy, more more confidence, and that increases performance. Yes. I, I think that when you when you set, like I've had this happen. We've had this happen a lot. Yeah. When you set the performance goal, like yeah. when you're trying to hit something. Right. And then you don't hit it. It, it's it's tough. It's 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 brutal. And it especially if you tried really, really hard. It puts, it's the but wrong that, frame. You don't want that frame, right? You're talking about framing later. Yeah, it's it. That's hard. That's, I think I think I'm gonna, I'll, I'll save it for later. But that's it's hard for me to know whether to put an effort goal or an. Out, I know this is a little bit different, but it's hard for me to know whether to put an effort goal or an outcome goal on things. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna put a bow on this really quick. Yeah. And we'll get to yours. Further research: teams that adopt learning goals instead of outcome goals have been shown to be able to change faster to situations. So life is chaotic, right? Mm-hmm. Things happen all the time that you wouldn't plan for. And if you adopt learning goals on team, you can adapt much faster than if you have performance-based goals. Right. If you actually know how like code works. Yep. With more confidence. Exactly. Okay. So learning goals versus performance goals. If you are learning something, a new skill, if you want to be able to learn how to cook, if you want to learn how to train your dog, set yourself small learning goals, not performance-based goals. At first when you're learning it. Cool. So Noah, tell us about framing. Okay. So framing is not just for goal setting, but it's also for performance in general. So to elucidate it, I'm going to use the job interview. Elucidate. Elucidate. To elucidate, I'm going to use the job interview. Okay. So first of all, what is framing? When you set a goal, framing is, is the difference between being in a challenge state. Challenge state is good. And a threatened state. And a threatened state is bad. And it's actually like... They're so powerful that they cause physiological responses in your body. So you want to make sure that when you set when you set goals, you're figuring out how to put yourself in the challenge state and not the threatened state. Okay, so so I know you're looking at me. So but, yeah, so what is the difference? But, but let me give it to you. Give okay? it to me. So let's say you got a big job interview. Yeah. Okay, Adam, you got a big interview. Acme, Acme Inc. <laughs> you're sitting in your car. Okay. Sitting there. Getting ready, getting ready for the interview. And what you're saying to yourself is, you know, I'm not going to fuck, I'm going to fuck this up. I'm not ready for this. I'm going to embarrass myself, right? If I don't get this interview, then, you know, I'm going to embarrass myself, my friends and family, blah, 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 right? Yeah. Okay. So what that, what that does, like that negative talk, it's basically that you're focusing on the negatives of an outcome 
instead of focusing on this job, you know, this job could be awesome. I'm really well prepared for this. You know, I have a great chance to do this. I'm a great candidate. When you focus on the negatives like that, you put your body in a physiological response that actually increases your vascular resistance. So again, we're talking about the threatened state here. Mm-hmm. You're in the car talking natively to yourself before the interview, mm-hmm. basically focusing on the negatives of if you mess this up. Well, how do you how do you fix that if it starts to come up? Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm going to get to that. Let me talk about the physiological response from being in a threat state. Okay, so you increase your vascular resistance. Vascular resistance is the blood flow going going through the body. So you start having a harder time getting blood to go to your body and to go to your brain. And so that obviously exacerbates the issue. Yeah. So you need that blood to your brain to increase your performance. Okay, and then, you, and then what happens is you go into the job interview, you're so freaked out physically that you actually fuck it up. Uh-huh. Okay. Let's talk about the challenge state. Let me answer your question, first of all. Mm-hmm. Okay. The way that you don't put yourself in the threatened state and you put yourself in the challenge state is that you focus on the details and you focus on the positives. So let's, talk, let's take that same job interview. Instead of thinking what happens if you fuck it up, you think, you know, I'm really well prepared for this. I'm a great candidate for this position. This is, a, this is a great opportunity. I'm going to do, I'm going to do a really, really good job. I've worked hard on this. And most of all, you focus on the details. So the biggest difference is that putting yourself in a threatened state takes you away from focusing on the details and being in a challenge state, you are focused on those details. So in the job interview, you'd be like, you would run through the questions in your head, right? Like these are how I'm going to answer them. The best, the, the best metaphor for this that, that I know is for like a penalty kick in soccer or a free throw in basketball. Mm-hmm. I had a really good coach for for like a couple months and he would he was like a pro player should never miss a penalty kick in soccer. Mm-hmm. Penalty kick is like right next to the goal, mm-hmm. right? The only reason that they miss is mentally. And so what he would do when I was practicing it is he would be like if you miss, you have to do you have to sprint four laps around the field. Okay. To build stress. And then what he was trying to teach me is to, instead of put yourself in that threatened state where you're like, I'm going to miss this. I'm going to have to sprint around the field. I just missed before. I'm exhausted. You put yourself in, you know, I prepare for this kick. I know exactly where to put it. And once you're in that challenge state, the difference is crazy. Mm-hmm. You almost never miss. Yeah. Because, and it's because of the physiological response that your body has from a threatened state versus a challenge state. So what if your body starts to go into the threatened state? You know, sometimes you don't have control over what your body's doing. How do you reframe the goal to be yep. in the positive challenge state? Thank you. So researchers from the University of Exeter, they found that like focus, focusing on the details is a great way to switch yourself from the threatened state to the challenge state. So let's say that before the job interview, you're sitting in your car freaking out, right? More like sitting in your house now. <laughs> sitting in your house freaking out. Instead of sitting and freaking out, focus on the questions, right? It's that loss of focus on the detail that causes the bad things to happen. Or in basketball, when you're doing the free throw, instead of focusing on, I'm going to miss this, my team's going to hate me. It's, you know, I want to maintain proper form. I want to look at the rim. Mm -hmm. So it's focusing on those details. We're bringing you back to the challenge state, which again, will decrease your vascular resistance and get that blood flowing throughout your body. All right. What's the study? The University of Exeter. Yeah. University of Exeter. 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 Um, Another way is confidence. So even if you haven't done something of the same thing before it, so like let's take the job interview. Even if you haven't aced an interview of the same 
kind before. Anything that you've done hard before. Mm -hmm. Whatever you've accomplished hard, as David Goggins calls this the cookie jar. Right. Okay. And what this, what this, it's a mental strategy with like, you basically list everything you've done hard in your life that you've overcome. And then when you're feeling stressed out or in the threatened state for something, you dip into that jar and take that out. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me let me take myself for example. Yeah, please do. To be a firefighter, you have to interview like with all the chiefs of the department. I've never done that kind of interview before, right? But I know that I've done hard things before and overcome mm-hmm. hard things. Mm-hmm. So instead of freaking out, think about that hard thing you've overcome, and that can switch you from the threatened state to the challenge state. Is this backed up by by a study? Yes, this is the, this is from the same the University of Exeter. Okay. Yeah. Now we're going to go to University of Birmingham study. Oh, okay. Okay, so we d- so again we just talked talked about the threatened state versus the challenge state, and yeah. this is all under framing. Mm-hmm. Univer- University of Birmingham. This is the type of goal. Okay, according to the research of the University of Birmingham, there are four types of goals: mastery the mastery approach goals, so striving to perform better than your previous performance. Okay, so let's let's take a run for example. Yeah. Right. So this would be saying to yourself, I'm going to do better than my eight minute mile last time. Okay. Then there's mastery avoidance goals, the worst kind. Okay. Striving not to do worse than a previous performance. So I did this the other day when I ran, I had a terrible run. Mm -hmm. So it's basically like, I'm not going to get below an eight minute mile. Do you see the, do you see the difference there? I feel like in my brain, I have a mixture of both when I'm running. Right. So I suck at this. Right. Mm -hmm. So repeat that back to me. What? What's the difference between mastery approach versus mastery avoidance? So one is the negative, one is the positive. Mastery approach right. is I'm going to get my best time. And then the avoidance would be I'm not going to get a worse time. Right. So here's what happens when you do a mastery avoidance. You mm-hmm. put yourself in the threatened state. And then you start having the physiological responses to it. Oh, I have a I have a mastery avoidance goal on the, the mirror right now, which is I don't want to weigh more than 160 pounds, but that's, that's yeah. avoidance. Yeah. You got to take that shit down because what you're doing is you're putting yourself in that threatened state. So what would be the positive spin on that? And you want to get, so it's like, you want to get below 160 pounds. Yeah. It would be, I'm, I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to weigh less than 150 and then 160 pounds. I'm going to do better than weighing 160 pounds. Right. So because that's, that's putting yourself in that challenge so state. When you write your goals out, your resolutions, Write it in that positive way, not in the, in the scared way or the threatened state. Exactly. Like you're saying. Yeah. So they did. So for the challenge and threatened state, they also did a lot of research on professional rugby players Mm -hmm. and different rugby teams. Yeah. Tell me. And so they, they had an example from one guy that was on an Olympic team for, for Wales. And he, he played really bad in his like first performance. Mm-hmm. And he like went through his mental state mm-hmm. and he said that it was because before he got into the game, yeah, he was sitting on the bench being like, I'm going to fuck up. Everyone's watching. This is nationally televised, blah, blah, blah. And he got, and he said like he couldn't breathe. And so when he got in the game, he could barely breathe and he could barely play. Oh God. Okay. Everyone's had that experience. I've had that experience a million times. Everyone's Definitely. had that experience. But when the, you freeze up, the main thing to understand is that that freeze, that stress it's the same for both the challenge and threatened state, right? That incoming stress is the same, but it's just how you base you self talk out of it. And the reason it's so important, and what I what I found from this from this is that the physiological response is massive. Mm-hmm. So, so what did he do? What did the rugby player do? What did he learn? He how to do? 
He fucked up in that first game. He fucked up because he was putting himself in a he threat. He fucked up because he, he put himself in the threatened but state in a physiological how you, response. How do you get out when that starts? Exactly. So so once that starts, the way to get out is to be like, okay, I've you know, I was picked for this team because I'm good enough. I've worked really hard. To think positive, I've worked really hard in this. I'm gonna do a great have a great performance. Focus on the details, right? I'm gonna run here when this happens. I'm gonna catch the ball like this. So like that that coach, and he played professionally in Russia. Mm-hmm. And like what he would explain to me is that instead of focusing on, I'm going to miss this penalty kick and my team's going to hate me. You focus on the details. Like I'm going to hit the ball in the center. It's going to go into the top, right? I'm going to take three steps up. Once you lose focus on the details, that's when the bad shit happens. Mm -hmm. Once you stop focusing on the job at hand. Okay. Got it. Okay. So back to type of goal, mastery approach, striving to perform better than your previous performance, mastery avoidance, striving not to do worse. Then there's performance approach goals. So to perform better than someone or something else, that's also bad, right? Because that's a different standard than yourself. Then there's performance avoidance goals, striving not to be the worst performer, which is really bad as well. The best, what you want to do with those four types is you want to just do mastery approach goals. And that's striving to perform better than your previous performance. Okay. That's the only goal type you ever want to do. So you don't want to set the negative goals. Right. And, and again, this is not, so like the other day when I went to went running, I was like, I don't want to do worse than my time. Cause I had a good time before and I did horrendous. Mm-hmm. So you want to be like, I'm going to do, I want to do better than this eight minute mile. That's what I'm trying to do. Those are the only goals you should set mastery. It's called mastery approach goals. Okay. Okay. Just talked about the challenge, threatened state and mastery approach goals. There you go. Wow. We've turned into a self-help podcast. <laughs> self-help. I went everywhere there, but I hope people can take something out of it. Okay, we're going to take a musical break. And then after that, it is time for the best time of the podcast. It is time for the halftime honey. Give me the honey. All right, Noah, this is the Halftime Honey Toast, where we discuss and celebrate some absurd science in the news that is somehow related to our episode. This episode is about goal setting. So I find the story and Noah responds with his immediate thoughts. I raise my glass. Noah, what are we drinking today? We are drinking the Jack Daniels Honey. We are drinking hey, Jack, Jack Daniels. Daniels. You can drop the bag off just right outside the door. It's fine. Hey, Jack. Hey, Jack. Just put the cash in the bag. We're ready. Just, just drop it off. We're ready for you, Jack. Thank you. Okay. I raise my glass to space exploration in 2020, hitting lots of performance goals. Okay, we will toast and I will explain more. L'chaim. L'chaim. Oh, oh, oh. That's oh. soured? It was a little sour. Did that sour in your in your cabinet? Something sour about that one. Mm. Sup with that one. So, first of all, SpaceX. We no longer have to rely on Russia to get us to the space station. Instead, we Performance can use goals. We use the Dragon 9 Fa- Falcon 9. <laughs> Falcon 9 Dragon capsule. The Jack hit me early, okay? That launched their first crew in May. Huge success for SpaceX and 
that guy who runs them. Souvenirs, okay? An autonomous mission to the moon to get samples was completed by China. And thus, China joins us and Russia as one of the big forerunners in space exploration. So not only did they get some rocks, we are going to get a bunch of rocks. We got so many rocks from an asteroid that it stuffed the container of the robot full with over 100 grams. It doesn't sound like a lot, right? Over 100 grams of asteroid, which returns in 2023. So we'll be able to see a lot about the history of the universe from these asteroids, which is really cool. Japan also had a mission to go to an asteroid and collect samples, about five grams worth. And in 2021, we scheduled three missions to Mars. So us, the Chinese, and for some reason, the United Arab Emirates will all go to Mars. Planned in 2021. United Arab Emirates will go to Mars? Yeah. Where, hold on. When, when are we going to Mars? We're going in October with a rover. Us, the United Arab Emirates? Yes. I How about so. the Congo? Yeah, what about what it about Nam- so random. Namibia? Yeah. Exactly. What about the Tareg? Are they going to launch a rocket? I think the Tareg, yeah, exactly. The Hadza. Um, we're also going to launch next year a new space telescope to be the successor to the Hubble. So we're going to get really cool pictures from that. A lot of space performance goals. Yeah, so they hit a lot of their space performance goals. So that that was a toast to them. Okay. L'chaim. L'chaim to that. L'chaim to that. Personality types and goals. What might your personality... I was going to ask you this in, yeah. your, in your first section, actually. Sure, go ahead. Because you talked about the learning, the learning um, first performance. Yeah. I wanted to say, is that based on personality type? Are you talking about the Myers-Briggs personality type? Nope. Okay. I'm not. I'm not okay, talking about it. They simplified that a lot. So what am I talking about here? They simplify into three different traits. And by they, I mean a large Midwestern university in quotes, Ohio State, Iowa, something like that, maybe 284 students were tested by trait to see what goals they preferred to use. And their three traits were number one, a controlled trait where their behavior is seen as influenced by outside forces. So it's more influenced by others than themselves, such as societal standards and authority figures. Yes. Three groups. First group, control group that is influenced by outside outside things. Right. Okay, good. That's the first group. Yep. The second group. I'm in the idiot group. <laughs> You're in the idiot group. <laughs> I'm in the idiot you group. You got it. Okay. The second group is autonomy. Okay. It's associated with making choices on internal needs and preferences. So having free choice of behavior is very important to these people. It's associated also with experiencing high levels of boredom at work. So which one do you think you are already? So number two is is high levels of boredom at work and autonomy. Autonomy and influenced by internal motivation. I think I'm two. Okay. Yeah. Then there's the third group is the A-motivated group. They are sensitive to signals that they're likely to be in unsuccessful and incompetent at a given activity. So it's related to low self-esteem and impression and depression. People who score really Ooh. high on the a motivated chart, they feel less in control of events, external and internal. And okay. they, and they let their emotions control their, their general state of being. Okay. Much tight. More. Let me get back to you. Yep. Three groups. Yep. First group control group. <laughs> okay. Influenced by outside opinion. Yeah. Second group autonomous yeah. and motivated by inside. Yep. Third group. Um, low self-esteem, so will likely stop something that they feel like they're not doing well on. Right. Okay. Exactly. 
Okay. I got. I just got a fucking A. So to figure out which one of these 284 students were which trait, to pair them up with the traits. Yes. Here's an example of a question that the testers asked. You have been offered a new position in a company where you have worked for some time. Okay. The first question that is likely to come to mind is, what if I can't live up to the new responsibility? Will I make more money at this position? Or I wonder if the new work will be interesting. Okay. What if I can't live up to this new responsibility was a motivation oriented. So that's the fear, the fear one. Threatened state. Threatened state. Threatened state. Will I make more money at this position? That is control oriented. Challenge state. Outside forces. Or I wonder if the new work will be interesting. That is the autonomy one. Obviously not a perfect test because you could be autonomous and still be motivated by money. Right. I believe. So not a great question for me. That's my little problem. Right. Right. Okay. But there was a lot more questions. It's just an example of one. Okay. Okay. These traits were tested on their preference for the types of goals, such as there's three different types of goals. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Three traits, three goals. This is a complicated study. This is a complicated episode. Goal setting theory. 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 Mastery goals. In a class like this, in quotes, from the study, this is from the test. In a class like this, I prefer course material that really challenges me so I can learn new things. That would be an example of a mastery goal. Example of a performance goal, a performance approach goal. Remember when you were talking about mastery approach? Mm-hmm. Performance approach goal. I want to do well in this class to show my ability to my family, friends, advisors, or others. Okay. And there's performance avoiding. So my fear of performing poorly in this class is often what motivates me. Fear of performing poorly? Yep. Being able to show people how well you've done? Yep. And then what was the first one? The first one is I prefer course material that really challenges me so I can Challenge. learn new things. Gotcha. Challenge in, internally, show show people how cool you are. And the third one is just not be the worst in the class. Right. The third one is very threatened state. Right. So the personality traits were tested for their, their preference on types of different goals in which they preferred. And what you can guess happened is exactly what happened. The autonomy orientation, the one, the personality type that said they're more motivated by internal factors. The, it is much more related to mastery goals. An an example of mastery goal in a class like this, I prefer course material that really challenges me so I can learn new things. Okay. So autonomy associated with mastery. Mastery goals, they're also shown to increase focus and performance levels. Meanwhile, the opposite end of the spectrum, A-motivated, is related to performance avoiding goals and are negatively negatively related to goal level. So performance. So if you have the A-motivated personality type, you're more likely to approach a goal as performance avoiding, so my by fear, my fear of going on this run, yeah, is often what motivates me, which sometimes we have with running, right? Absolutely. But whenever I get in that, that's the problem with me. Whenever I get in that threatened state, yeah, I do poorly. Right. So exactly. So the only out of the three personality types, the only one that has bad performance with the goals is performance avoiding. So my fear of performing poorly on this run is often what motivates me to do better on the run. Interesting. So and that, motivated and, by fear. And a motivated person will, will we'll, be motivated we'll gravitate, by that. Will gravitate towards that goal. Yes. The fear of performing bad on it. Yep. So huh. once again, mastery goals are also positively related to enjoyment as well. So if you're internally motivated, you will enjoy the work more and you will perform better on it. For sure. Yeah. My, my take on this whole study is that motivation, it needs to come from within you. Well, that, but, that, but that's your personality type. 
That that's you're just talking to your personality type. But not the listener, only, listener not, could be either. But I'm not able. only talking to my personality type. I'm talking about that the study, the only one associated with enjoyment of the work, is motivation internally. I'm talking about, you know, in life we have to do a lot of things that fucking blow that we don't want to do. For sure. Okay. And if you can find something that mot- that you get enjoyment out of, that you want to learn new things about that's interesting to you. If something's interesting to you, you will be way more motivated to learn about it and master it. Based on the study though, yeah. to give you a critique, yep. like I totally agree with you, mm-hmm. but that's because you're the second personality type. What if someone is motivated by how friends and family are viewing what they're doing? That you're right. That still, so that one, if they're motivated by external factors, yeah, it still increases their performance. It's a good enough motivation. If they're like my ability to my, I have to show my family, my friends, my, my followers on Instagram that I'm like really fit. That's yeah. still mo- motivation enough to perform better, but there's less enjoyment out of it than if you're internally motivated. Okay. I feel like my take on the study. So you're saying sw- you're, what you're saying about the study is that you need to switch your personality type to the internally motivated. My take on the study is that the only, because the only real motivation is not external. Like what people are telling you to do, like your parents, they might tell you, Hey, why don't you go get a business degree? Go get a business degree just like your papa, you know? Yeah, yeah. But if that's not what you feel inside, the motivation isn't going to be there to perform well. And for you, if you were like start an Amazon business, which you did, but internally, there's no internal motivation for that besides just making money. It's more of an external motivation than anything. Yeah. It's not going to have any staying power. So my, the A. Weitzman takeaway is that to find something that is internally motivating is important and not from outside forces because so you won't enjoy it as Not much. just something that you're scared of sucking at, yeah. not just something that you want to show other people. Right. Okay. Exactly. So like I have to really consider my running. Is my running really an external motivation or is it actually coming from inside of me? Do I really want to learn more about running? Do I enjoy one. it that much? I feel... Can we talk about running for a sec? Yeah, sure. I feel good after I run mm-hmm. and I do a good job. Yeah. I'm also exhausted. Right. And it doesn't actually forward do my enjoy other it? goals. Do you enjoy it? No. Here's the thing. I hate it. I don't think we're ever going to get to the top level because we don't enjoy it. We don't enjoy it. We can't perform at the level of people that Tucker Gross, it. do you like running? That's my friend that runs a ton. Let us know, Tucker. But I don't know if he likes running or he likes the challenge of running, right? So does he like the challenge of how shitty running is? Yeah. Or does he like running itself? Also, my advice, if you are the A-motivated type, where sometimes you think about how likely you are to be unsuccessful at things, and I am this type for many things. Really? I never think about that. I think about that for cooking pretty often when I'm trying to cook something. Try to get, try to get like we were talking about before, try to get small wins to build up the self-efficacy to change. Right. That's what I'm thinking about. In the University of Birmingham as well, for my challenge and threaten study. Yep. I said, again, one of the things that can get you out of a threatened state is confidence. Okay. All right. Let's do one more break. And after that, it'll be time for open kimono.
All right, Noah, this is the Open Kimono where we freely talk and discuss our final thoughts on the topic and we leave nothing to the imagination. So why don't you go ahead and start, what is your Open Kimono on our topic? For my Open Kimono, Adam, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna rehash quickly, okay? Again, learning goals per first performance. If you're new at something, make a learning goal. If you're an expert at something, make a performance goal. Framing, challenge versus threatened state, okay? Make sure that you're in the challenge state. Think positively, think about your experience and set mastery approach goals, which are striving to perform better than your previous performance. If you feel like you're getting in the threatened state, focus on the details, okay? Effort goals versus performance, set both, okay? All right, for me, I think that it's very important to set smaller goals to get the small wins that can end up being giant wins. So for example, if you say that if you want to start a business this new year, that's what your new year's resolution, then make a small goal to put up a web page. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we didn't talk about that, right? That's a performance-based goal. Or you can do a learning goal. That's like read Lean Analytics, the book, or read a business book like that. Right. And that small win can, can catapult to a, a full-scale business where you can leave your job if you want. I, so I think that it increases your self-efficacy which is your confidence and confidence increases performance. We see it in all yeah. the studies. So it's important. Build like your confidence up through small success. I like that. I think a big thing we didn't talk about is short-term versus long-term goals. I just want to say that, that we, I've experimented with monthly, yearly, weekly, whatever. Weekly works a lot better because it's more flexible. It's more specific and it's just a smaller thing to attain. Yeah. Agreed. Small wins. Like you said, what are your goals this year? Let us know. Reach out to us on Instagram. Guys, okay. do we, don't support nature. Shout out to Sarah and all her boyfriends. May they, have great, goals. Goals May they have great goals to get back together with Sarah. Good goal. Also, if goal. you would like to possibly have a date with our lovely sister, please send us your application for dating Sarah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And your, your application is one sentence describing yourself, your favorite book, and your spirit animal. That's it. It's all we you. want. And we will and pick the top three. We'll pick to the top three. Virtual date. There you go. Shout out to the ice kraken living under the remote planet. Rawr! Hope you have great goals to come to earth at some point. Guys, ladies, gentlemen, we love you. We Thank love you. You can find us on Instagram at dude underscore nature. Please shout out to us anything you want there. Say what's up. Tell us what your goals are. We'd love to hear from you. And we'll see you next time. See you guys.